0: What's up, crew? Welcome to the CloverTac Podcast Lounge. It's June 21st, 2021. I believe this is episode 125. So, welcome. Remember, if you're firing this up in uh, replay, wherever you might be, there's always a comment section below. And you can participate, of course, wherever you may be watching or listening. Uh, For those coming in live, make sure that uh, you say hey, and we will Attempt to give you a shout out. And uh, yeah, this is, of course, your opportunity to weigh in with topics, questions, those sorts of things. Just remember, when you do that, to type uh, either at Clovertack, at symbol Clovertack, all one word, of course. uh, Or you can utilize the uh, Super Chat button uh, if you so choose. Speaking of that, shout out and thanks, as always, to the Patreon patrons, to the YouTube channel members, and those that do indeed super chat. Uh, Yeah, a couple of things, I guess, to discuss, talk about real quick before I bring in my co-host is been working a little bit today for those that have been around on the channel at least a couple of years. You remember that we had the Next Generation podcast where we spoke with Uh, Shooting sports kiddos from all across the country Honestly, across the world We even had uh, a couple of kiddos from uh, South Africa That I remember for sure uh, On a show I think that might have been the first season I can't remember But 2018 was the first season 2019 was the second season 2020 hit And all the craziness involved with that Lockdowns and shutdowns and everything else Uh, And that kind of put the kibosh on season three Unfortunately But uh, 2021 is here uh, as far as the shooting sports world is concerned. uh, Kicking, going strong again. And uh, looking forward to putting that together. So hopefully we'll be over the next month or two. uh, Roughly, I guess, the next month. Recording that, hopefully, uh, by the time August rolls around. August, of course, is National uh, Shooting Sports Month. And so hopefully for August, we will have Season 3. Uh, the next generation podcast and i invite everybody especially if you're new uh and you haven't uh heard that before you can go back and, and obviously listen in on the playlists on the channel with uh season one and season two but certainly invite you to jump in uh on season three when that comes around because if you were ever looking for for hope in the future of this country uh, looking at that what I call it the next generation. Uh, some of these kiddos involved in shooting sports are nothing short of amazing, and will certainly give you a lot of uh, a lot of encouragement as to the future of this country. Quite honestly, uh, with that, uh, bring in Papa. Is in the house. 45 ACP.
1: Good All evening, right, everybody. Great, great. Keeping cool.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's a hard, uh, a hard thing to do here lately. It's yes. like I get freed up and I can kind of get back to the normal flow of content. And it's like, oh, it's so hot. It's crazy. It's like, ah. Thankfully. Yeah,
1: it does make it hard to get out to the range sometimes when it's uh, that hot.
0: <laughs> right. Thankfully, I mean, I've got the, uh, the canopy. And again, shout out to those that, that help support the channel uh, for making that uh, happen. And, you know, I've noticed something interesting with using that canopy. Um, and hopefully, I, you know, maybe it's the color it is, because I got like the uh, the tan colored one, uh, flat, dark earth, khaki, what color, whatever you want to call it, right? And, um, you know, I don't know if it's because it's that color and it's the the way it diffuses the sunlight or whatever the case may be, but man, it's just video underneath that canopy is way better <laughs> than than any other than the video i think i've ever taken which is it's which is interesting
1: yeah, it could be that diffused light you're getting through there so
0: yeah and it makes me wonder if i had gotten a red canopy or a blue or a, you know some wild color or something like that uh, and not went subtle uh, Wondered if you know if we would have made a difference right cast a uh, a certain color hue onto the video or something like that but uh, it's definitely interesting. I, I can tell the difference. I don't know that other folks can, but when you edit your own video and you're dealing with it all the time, of course, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick shout-out. I think that uh, Puck, I love it. Grandpa Stanley was first out there. See, the gun snob has jumped in. We need to get snob on, uh, on a Monday. Uh, he needs to uh, get with me We need to get that scheduled But uh, Grumpy, out that way G23 Warsaw uh, Cat milk in the house Lucy You got some flatter to do Ricardo here as well Remember, give us a, uh, a Hey uh, out there in the uh, live chat And we'll shout you back Remember that uh, you can always drop your topics Or your questions uh, Gizzard out there Just, What up people? now uh, grumpy says what camera uh, Samsung Galaxy S10 plus <laughs> so that is what I use uh, the vast, vast majority of my content uh, has been filmed on uh, cell phone for the longest of times uh, mainly because I have it um, I spend a ton of money for it and why not
1: yeah, they're um, more expensive than some cameras out
0: there. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I would like a dedicated camera that could be neat, uh, but the ones I've been looking into are four and five hundred dollars. Sadly, uh, I don't make that type of revenue to be able to put that kind of money back into the channel. Unfortunately, so. Uh, but as soon as the uh, patreon patron roles get high enough or the youtube channel member roles get high enough or uh, enough people get wild and crazy with the super chats or maybe uh, earn some of that sweet sweet ad money which uh it's and far between it seems like uh yeah that's a goal uh, I, I couldn't tell you the cameras that i've looked into i know there's a sony camera for sure that i've looked into i can't think of the model starts with an a i'm pretty sure a 800 maybe but don't quote me on that
1: it just goes to show you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to do this
0: yeah you really don't i mean the what are the you know we talked to you you brought up the heat a second ago right Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things when we're talking about uh when we're talking about heat um especially out in the sun and i have figured this out i mean even under that canopy um when i'm recording my phone gets super hot yeah i used to
1: have one that used to mirage on me when it got hot that was a a motorola i think i was using at the time and if i got it in the heat it would start to mirage the image and i'd lose some good footage
0: wow yeah uh, thankfully I haven't had that in this one here I haven't had it get so hot it's shut down or done anything crazy like that but uh, that is a concern so one of these uh, one of these days I mean I'm looking into this one is cracked and messed up and, and everything else really really badly it still films well still works fine it just looks horrible um, and been considering you know I could pick up another refurbished S10 plus the thing about going from this to another model is Samsung did away with the SD card in the newer models. So I don't really want to go with a newer model, Yeah. but you know, I was thinking, well, if I could pick up another one like this and I've seen some certified refurbished ones for around 300 and that's about half what some of the cameras I was looking at are. And I was like, well, I could do that. And then that would give me, you know, identical, uh, footage, because one thing I've learned, or one thing that frustrates me, anyway, uh, and I didn't know we were going to turn this into a nerd chat, but it <laughs> is what it is. Uh, if you guys want to change the topic, throw so them out there in the uh, live chat. Remember, you can super chat uh, to get my attention. You can also, uh, if you do not want to super chat, which I understand, then you can type the at symbol clovertack at clovertack all one word, uh, and that'll tag me out there, and we'll uh, we'll get to your your topic or your question. But one of the things I've got multiple cameras, but none of them take as good a video as my phone. So when I set up multiple camera angles or I have or when I have in the past, uh, I get to edit and it frustrates me because, you know, you switch from my, my phone camera to something else. And I mean, the quality is just it's all 1080p. But just the lighting and the lighting focus and different and the, and yeah. Yeah, like everything. The quality just sucks. All 1080p is not created equal. Um, and so that's why you see mostly single angle videos from me. Um, is because even though I have I've got a a Sony handy cam and then I've got a Canon uh cam little camcorder uh both, which both shoot in, in, 1080p, um, I've got a GoPro, a legit GoPro, um, the Hero Plus, I believe, which is also 1080p, I've got multiple other phones that shoot in 1080p, and, again, the video is just not created equal, unfortunately, um, uh, so, Warsaw's going to get us off of the uh, subject, it looks like. He says, I gotta ask, you ever worked with Glocks? <laughs> Warsaw, I Yes. Uh, I don't know what more you're looking for, but yes. Uh, own multiple Glocks. Um, everyday carry. My EDC's a Glock 42. Um, was once a hater of a Glock. Uh, so much so, in fact... Or I say hater. I wasn't a hater. I just was not a fan. And um matter of fact i remember choosing my springfield xd9 now the xd's had first came out they hadn't been out probably hadn't even been out a month i bought the xd9 over the glock went in looked at the the xd9 also looked at glock 19 at the time um and chose the xd9 over the glock 19 uh again just was not a fan of glock um I became a fan of Glock through 10 millimeter. I've always loved 10 millimeter and I had a buddy that had a Glock 20. And once I shot that I had to have a Glock 20 for sure. And then, um, after that got into a few other Glocks, um, not a fan of the 22, which is super popular. A lot of law enforcement carry 22. You see a lot of LEO trade-ins on 22. Um, and it's not because it's a Glock. It's because it's a 40. <laughs> I just yeah, don't, not yeah, I of A fan of Not A fan of the of Glock
1: it. 43, it's with a single stack, uh, 45 yeah. compact. But I ended up getting rid of that. Didn't like uh, range ammo. I mean, I could shoot the high dollar stuff through it and it didn't have a problem, but, um, yeah you know, range ammo to, to try to practice with it.
0: Right. Yep. So let's go through some of the comments. Uh, Warsaw said uh he's looking for a Glock 19 stainless steel guide rod and spring. Uh, lots of places check Galloway Precision on that. Uh, great company. Galloway. They may have one. I'm not sure.
1: That or who knows, M. Carbo might have something. There's all kinds of guys out there
0: that, right uh-huh. now, uh, grumpy, that platform grumpy out there says the Glock 27. I'm not super familiar with what Glock's numbers throw me off. What is the 27?
1: That I don't know. It's kind of like Smith numbers sometimes, yeah, when you get into those third gen, I Smiths. think it's
0: 27. So the 26, I think, is the little bitties, like the baby Glock 9, and I think the 27 is the baby Glock 40. So I would not. Yeah, Drew Webb says subcompact 40. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be into the 27 for sure. Uh, I'm not even really a fan of the 26. 19 is about as uh small as I want to go. Now, Warsaw says the Glock I is more balanced than the Glock 17, in his opinion. Well, you must have one leg longer than the other or something because <laughs> I far prefer the 17 over the 19. To me, the 19 seems like it's not quite balanced. Um, but when you get into fit and feel and all of that kind of stuff, I'm more of a full-sized handgun guy. I mean, I like you know, I like six-inch barrels. I like definitely five-inch barrels, <laughs> uh, not six-inch barrels, and, and things like that. Um, you know, extended magazines, even and all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, Grumpy says that is the uh, forty. Web says the twenty-seven is the best of the small Glocks. I'll uh. I'll take your word on that.
1: Yeah, I'll take his word for that.
0: Because I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of those, what I call the baby glocks. Back in the day, it's what everybody called them. Seem like, um, David out there says he forty on duty for almost three decades. Yeah, uh, big, uh, big caliber for law enforcement there for many, many, many years. Um, I never was a fan. My dad never was a fan. Uh, my dad. Uh, was uh, ten millimeter. Uh, grandfather was um, thirty eight, three fifty seven. Dad, uh, ten millimeter, and then once ten mil once forty come out. My dad went forty five. Um, and you know why? I don't know, but my dad went forty five. Um, it's the the forty. I think just because of me, just because we didn't like the idea of taking a uh, taking a ten millimeter and cutting it off and and uh, neutering it, yep. right? Making yep. it less than what it was supposed to be. Um, I I no, just Dad could, carried could uh, over it.
1: Uh, security six four inch Ruger uh, three fifty seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with a forty. Okay, if you like a forty. 2 to 40. Uh, I don't have a uh, problem with it. I will say this, I've talked about this before, that I've seen a few of the, uh, Ruger and somebody out there in the chat, I'm sure, will have to remind me of the model, but, uh 94? One of the, no, one of the Ruger GPs or, oh, okay. uh, whatever. Oh, the GP. That, quarters. uh, yeah, that is a 10 millimeter. Oh guy it has got a 10 millimeter, and, uh, Whenever the, the ammo started to get scarce, you could find 40. Actually, at my local gun shop, there's a ton of 40 on the shelf right now. Um, and so he's able to shoot 10 millimeter through his, I mean, 40 through his 10 millimeter Ruger revolver, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those uh, GP100s and 40 are nice guns. I'd like to have one. Mine's 357, but. Forty would be an interesting cartridge out of one of those, and they've got the weight to handle the, uh, the recoil.
0: David out there says, 45 ACP reached its real potential when using 45 Super, almost 30% more power. I don't have a lot of experience with the 45 Super, but uh, David Lawson says, I've got one part wrong, 10 millimeter today the same as 40 only 10 millimeter that's real it's buffalo Boy. um yeah you're talking to somebody that shot 10 millimeter 30 years ago more than 30 years ago 30 years ago it'd be 91 wouldn't it <laughs> so uh yeah i was shooting 10 millimeter um way past today's time so you're not talking to somebody who um whose experience with 10 millimeter extends and we're talking reloading world and everything whose 10 millimeter experience only extends back a couple of years Um, so yeah if you're talking about if you're talking about ballistically the way it's loaded or something of that nature performance wise 10 millimeter is only as good as most ten millimeter. Is only as good as most forty. Um, with massively produced stuff, I would not be. I would not be surprised. Uh, but then, as you point out, there's Buffalo boar, There's some more boutique stuff out there. Um, and then when you get into some more of the stuff like the Ranger and some of the other. I wouldn't call that boutique I'm not real sure what you would call that type of stuff right the non-white box or non-green and and uh, white box <laughs> or the you know uh, you know whatever uh yeah Warsaw says when I was at the rage last time experienced his first ammo jam- I guess jam he said jab he said that continued to happen three times and it's pt92. Uh, it was red tip federal 9 millimeter ammo brasses on the feed ramp. Red tip. Okay, that's interesting. So, is that yeah, the, they've poly- got
1: the... I think they got that synthetic uh, polymer coated bullet.
0: So is that coating the, bullets. The <laughs> polymer stuff, the synthetic, the federal synthetic, um, I've, stayed, I've stayed away from it because I've seen a lot of people have issues with the federal synthetic and various things. So if that's what it is, then uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, David says you can also load 460 Roland in the 45 ACP. You could um, load 460 Roland in a 45 ACP. I'm not sure what he's saying with that. You could load 460 Roland. I think if
1: you have a 460 Roland, you can shoot 45 ACP through it,
0: maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's what he's getting at. I know that if you if it's a 45, it can pretty readily be changed to a 460 Roland. A 460 Roland. For those that are new, uh, that is Johnny Roland, and we've had him on the podcast before. So jump back through the channel. A super interesting dude, by the way. Uh, jump back through the channel. Look up that podcast. Uh, listen to the podcast with Johnny. I'm not sure now. It's been so many moons ago. That's been close to two years ago probably now. And um, I don't remember how much we talked about <laughs> the 460 Roland, but quite a bit. Uh, David Laughlin says the red tip's called sim munitions. Uh, we use those for close uh, close quarter drills. Okay. Patriot says it did work a couple of cycles, but it would jam a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one, unfortunately. You're calling that red tipped, so I'd have to see it to know what the heck it was. SS Pawn in the house. By the way, shout out to David uh, Lofton and Warsaw and Gizzard and Andy and G-Webs and all those other ones. kind of forgot to uh, shout folks out as they come in, but Stan with SS Pawn in the house is Clover. What do you think of 357 Sig? Uh, pain in the rear end to reload. Uh. That's always my first comment on 357 ZIG. Yeah, you um, got
1: I, that bottleneck that you got to
0: deal with. Bottleneck pistol cartridges suck for reloading. Um, but, uh, oh, fn 57s is even worse, mm-hmm. by the way, yeah. in my opinion. I do but, have uh, a buddy
1: that loves that 357 SIG, and he's uh, built a couple of uh, ARs in 357 SIG.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting. Taking um, uh,
1: 9 millimeter barrels chain root them out and then using 40 uh, uppers and bulk carrier groups.
0: No, nice. Nice. So yeah, I don't have a problem with 357 SIG. Um, Texas Highway Patrol here many, many years ago went to went to SIGs and went to 357 SIGs many, many years ago. And so I was kind of exposed to it for the first time back then. Um, I like the round. Uh, I never did get into it part of the reason I never got into it is it was 357 Sig and I've never been a big Sig fan Well, other stuff has started to become available Glock for example um, in 357 Sig but because I never was a big Sig fan uh, it just never led me down that road to get into that caliber uh, but have shot a ton of them, and I don't, I don't have a problem. It's very capable round. If it wasn't capable, uh, the uh, Texas Highway Patrol, Texas Department of Public Safety, would not have switched to it. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind about that. So, uh, yeah, don't have an issue at all. So I'm going to ask you why it's kind of slow out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, on the chat side, and again, topics, questions—they're all out there, guys. Uh, but I'm gonna ask you, Papa, while we're while we're hanging around, waiting sure. on that. Um, so you picked up what did you pick up in Tulsa this year? You picked up a couple, didn't you? Yeah,
1: I picked up a couple. I picked up a um, Remington Rolling Block, and mm-hmm. I believe uh, 43 Spanish, but I need to do a chamber cast yet on it. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up a um, H&R Varmint. Two two three, break open, right. That uh, didn't pay a whole lot for that one. Under two for that one, so that was a heck of a deal at that that show. And it shoots really well.
0: That was now was that the that was the heavy barrel, right?
1: Yeah, heavy barrel, Bushnell um, sco- so, scope on it.
0: So that would be the SB two Ultra,
1: maybe. Um, I, yeah, I think it was called the the Ultra Varmint.
0: Okay, because the it was Ultra two two three, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let my yeah. stock. Yeah. My 25-06 is the SB2 Ultra, but that being um, larger caliber, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um Maybe that's why it's got a different, that's not exactly a varmint caliber, 25-06. It's
1: too bad they ended the barrel program on those. It'd be nice to find a couple other barrels for them. Right. Um, and you've shot
0: that one, you say?
1: Yeah, that one I've shot. It shoots really well. Wanting to get that rolling block, but with uh, availability of uh, uh, components to to reload, I haven't uh, haven't dove too far into that one yet.
0: David Lawton, I don't know what David Law. I don't know what your deal is out there, David. I don't know who claimed that a three fifty seven Sig was a neutered. 357 Magnum, but they're not remotely the same thing. So, uh, our and daughter is out there in the house. Hey, Artak. uh, Warsaw he, um, says, uh, now, would you say any Glock pistol is reliable like an AK 47? I'm really due to Glock pistol platforms. I know it's a striker fire over a hammer fire. Um, yeah I mean you know glock is it's hard to it's yeah. hard to knock a glock man I mean you can knock a glock all day long. don't get me wrong um they've got a I good ask,
1: reputation out
0: there yeah um,
1: in my hands i have i think uh one out of four that I've had in my hands is run properly, yeah, but that's just me
0: well i'm not, i don't know that I've ever seen i don't know that i've ever seen issues or malfunctions with any glock i'm trying to think and i mean i just don't think i have on any and i've seen hundreds or maybe even thousands being fired before um and i don't think i've ever seen anything significant i don't know that i've ever and i mean if i think about friends and acquaintances and people through gun shops and other things that own them i mean i easily know Dozens, if not hundreds, of people, um, and I don't know anybody that's had any significant issues. They're not anything that's pretty. They're definitely no. not pretty. Um, They're basic, you know. But I mean, I I really like the the cup and ball stock sights that Glock use, um, and I think that's su- that's sufficient for what they are. Um, I think that on a mass yeah, I production
1: site on my gp100 and i like that cup and ball so yeah. a lot of people don't but i find it easy to pick up and it's accurate for me
0: well on a, on a mass production scale when you think about it i mean you can take you can get 20 brand new glocks all the same model of course take them all apart throw all the parts into a big huge box shake it all up and then put 20 glocks together and they're all going to work mm-hmm. and if you're talking hammer fired uh, handguns, especially, eh, you know, the vast majority of them may work, but odds are you're going to have a few that don't, yep. um, just because of fitment and, and the way it's, so the, the way that they're in which they're produced and, and mass produced is the word, um, that obviously takes something away from them being that way, being that they're mass produced, but it has benefits too. uh, and I think the benefit goes into reliable. H- Had you rather have something that's, how would you put this? Did you rather have something that on a scale of one to 10, as far as how quote unquote nice it is, um, is a seven, but yet it's a 10 as far as it's going to go bang every single time without any problems. Or would you rather have that reversed whether where, You've got something that's a 10 as far as it's phenomenal as far as accuracy and it's phenomenal as far as, you know, the way it performs and the trigger pull and all of them other areas, right? Even aesthetically, but on that reliability factor, it's a seven, right? And so it depends on what you're doing. Now, obviously, if you're out on the range, who cares? I've got, you know, that's what I said. There's not a, I don't think there's a firearm in the world that I hate. Um, or that I wouldn't have given the, uh, given the opportunity opportunity because I'm an opportunistic buyer. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a single one I wouldn't have, but I'm also not delusional to think that those that are inferior, let's just say are nothing more than glorified range toys because that's all they're ever going to be. But I own a lot of things that are glorified range toys. I own a lot of, late eighteen hundred, early nineteen hundred stuff, that pretty much I just shoot wax slugs through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, I'm not going to load that, put that in a holster and use that as my everyday carry. I'm not delusional in that in that way, in that sense. Um, but it is what it is. It's, it's an awesome piece of history that you can take out and play with every now and then. Um, and therefore, my opinion, it has its place in my stable. Now, some people... Uh, wondering where you come down on all that pop up because, and also out there in the live chat, let me know where you come down on that. Um, are you are you more of a practical owner of firearms? Or are you more of a collector owner of firearms? And if you're if you're practical, that's fine. Uh, again, everybody has their own has their own reasons. But if you're practical, uh, just curious. Do you ever see? Do uh, uh, you ever see yourself potentially right? becoming some type of a connoisseur or a collector of swords.
1: i would uh, say i'm more of on a collector i've got a lot of stuff in the safe that are nothing but range choice or um, you know in their day they were top of the line but right. uh, they've been long since surpassed um, i'm practical on on my carry stuff um, i carry a revolver a lot of times um, simply because i just trust it and i i like it and that's that's what i use but I'm a collector. I love the the older the older firearms. Like I said, I bought that Rolling Block, and I'm itching to shoot it, but I've got to do the the research on it
0: before I can get there on it. Um, right, right. Um, Stand out there says 350 uh, Legend question. He says I don't own a firearm that shoots it. That caliber never sparked my interest. Not saying anything wrong with that caliber. I like the caliber. Similar to a 3030. 350 Legend, in my opinion, is a 3030 for those that can't hunt with a 3030 for whatever goofy restrictive reasons in their state. Uh, 350 Legend, also a 3030 that could be utilized in an AR platform um, as well. Um, I don't have a problem. And when the pandemic buying junk started, I've seen a lot of 350 legend on the shelf and I several times um, have thought about, have thought about buying one.
1: I'm still seeing a lot of 357 legend on the shelf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's a decent caliber. I mean, if you uh, seriously, I mean, it's, it's 30, 30, as far as what you would hunt or what you would do with a 30, 30, 350 legend is going to be similar. So it's not some fantastic thousand yard caliber, you know, some crazy something like that uh, or a practical uh, type thing. Tyler out there says collector. Uh, although living on a farm, I end up using them for practical purposes pretty frequently. Uh, I hear you. Um, I actually got uh, the Model 10 Meriden. Um, look up some videos on the channel. I may have one uh, with that. bought that one at, at Wanamaker a few years ago uh, at the Tulsa Arms Show. But uh, nineteen and 10-ish, I think, is when that thing was built. And I had to; it was. It just so happened, single shot, twenty-two, and it just so happened that was in my truck the other day uh, when I had the need to dispatch a varmint. Let's just say, <laughs> and um, that's what was in my truck. And there was a box of Federal Auto Match twenty-two in the floorboard, and that was in the passenger seat. <laughs> and i picked it up and put it around in and even though it was made in 100 you know 1910 it uh, it dispatched the varmint just fine right so uh you yeah, know they can uh, they can get it done even the old stuff mm-hmm. can get it done and can be um uh, utilitarian and that's what yeah. the old stuff was mm-hmm. designed for right that's what's really cool about the late 1800 early 1900s and even early 1900s up until maybe the 30s and 40s uh, maybe even longer than that.
1: Even in the fifties, you know, I've got a uh, twenty-two bolt uh, rifle that uh, my grandpa bought for home defense and dispatch rodents or put yeah. food on the table uh, back in the fifties. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think anytime I think, you know, especially department store, right? Sears, Penny, yeah, rewards, it was Sears. <laughs> um, you know those those types. Um, you know, I think utilitarian. I think they were. You know, they were there not to be the most expensive or the most collectible, even some of them, even though some of the different models are quite collectible. Um, and I'll get into why here in just a second. A lot of people don't realize this. Um, they, you know, they weren't meant to be super high quality, super expensive or anything like that because they were meant to be taken out and be, be used. Um, and so that's what leads to collectability on that stuff. If you if you start your collection, I've got a lot of firearms. 100, 100 to one hundred twenty-five years old. Yeah, that are not expensive. They're not expensive, but they're rare. Um, and they're not expensive because they're cheap firearms. They were cheap back then. <laughs> what yeah, makes a lot them, of them rare?
1: Stuff is some really soft stuff. Um, right. You know, a lot of the you know this one is you know made by Marlin, but you know it's got a, a beach yeah. stock with a knot in it. So yeah, that's how they were getting the price right. down. There's, you yeah, know, not necessarily. Um, the quality yeah. of the firearm but you know the furniture and stuff they were putting on it uh-huh.
0: well even down to the finish yeah and stuff but you know the other thing uh is that those being utilitarian being things that people bought cheap and they went out and they used them i mean how many of them got dropped in a in a pond or a creek and whatever and got left or got you know, left in the attic of a house, old house or barn or something yeah, Set out in and, the
1: corner of the barn for, you know, or, rats or
0: even left outside. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or just shot till the rifling was gone out of it or shot until parts broke. I mean, that's how much they were used on the farm or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I rode around in the back of a, behind the seat of a truck, beating beat around forever.
1: Sat there in so, the combine.
0: Yep. So, You know, the thing is that when you find old stuff like that, it's rare because not that many survived because they weren't intended to survive. They were intended to be used. So when you run across old things like that, it's really cool. And that's a lot of what I'll collect because it's really cool. It's like, wow, this is a really nice, decent specimen of of this that you just don't see. Yeah, a lot of those
1: Stevens and stuff were giveaway rifles, mm-hmm. especially to the farmers out here. You know, they, you bought your seed from them that year, they'd give you a 22. Yeah. Yep. And they were really inexpensive made. Yeah, that uh, Stevens visible loader, you know, it was basically just a giveaway. And if it broke in a few years, you, know, you got another one the next year. So.
0: Right. Yep. Uh, run up through here. See if we got, don't look like we have anything new coming in. I don't think, but we'll get into these. Uh, Andy out there says uh, I'm a shooter. Carry the uh, 23 for years. r says says uh, collector. Uh, I'll carry any gun as long as it's uh, reliably ended center fire. Yes, I'd carry a six gun. Uh, if it was a modern copy, uh, chambered in a caliber. Um, Gruppy says uh, is asking do I have any do you have an E twenty two TCM? No, I do not. Uh, have shot them, uh, rifles and handguns. Both uh, do not own. I do kind of like that caliber in a rifle. Not the biggest fan in a handgun, uh, but I do like the the rifles. Uh, Papa, you got any experience with that twenty two TCM?
1: I do not. I've looked at it, but I've never had, never shot one.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting cartridge. Mm-hmm. Nine millimeter neck down to the twenty-two, I think. Basically, and a lot of times when
1: you buy the gun, you get a nine millimeter barrel with them. So
0: right, right. You don't with the uh, you don't with the rifles. Hmm. Um, Warsaw says now. I got to ask. Would love to do a show with the head of the founder of the Canadian CCFR, Canadian Coalition for Gun Rights. I would love to see that happen. If so, would Ghost be interested? I don't know why he's asking me if Ghost would be interested, but we had that conversation, I thought, Warsaw. Send me an email with some info, and we will get it done. G-Webs says, Clover hates Canada. He wasn't supposed to give that uh, secret away there, G-Webs. <laughs> uh, and G-Webs is correct. G-Webs says, I insist on living as far uh, as I can from Canada. And that's, that's exactly, you're right, G-Webs, totally. Um, uh, artac says he has three M91 Nagants, 1899 and 1901, 1903, shoot them once a year, plus some 1888 German commission rifles, uh, 1890, all fun, and can be used. Yeah, I don't, um, curious what you think. Aztec jumping in out there. Um, I'm not a wall hanger guy, Papa, so... Like when I go whether you know I find something at Wanamaker and find something local, I will buy fixer uppers. And it might be a year or two before I can get them fixed up, but ultimately if I can't get them fixed up, I will eventually dump. I'll dump them. I'll sell them off for parts or I'll do I'll do something. Uh maybe at the cost if I find that I can't find parts or like I did that with an old French revolver. I had an old French revolver that was a flip down trigger one time and I couldn't find some parts for it um, and ended up just selling it basically for parts um, but yeah they got to work they got to function like I said I, I don't even care as long as they fire um, wax slugs I'm good right really low power <laughs> wax slugs which is basically a primer is all that is mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a piece of wax in the end I'm fine but they have to function I can't deal with non-functioning at all.
1: I can't either. Usually those go down the road. Um, I've only got one that's a wall hanger and that's a Stevens visible loader. Maybe one day I'll, I'll try to fix it up. It's a good looking wall hanger anyway, but yeah. for the most part everything I have, I shoot.
0: Yeah. Um, now, let me rephrase this and say that if I was ever given a, a firearm that belonged to a relative, and yet I've so far I haven't had one. I have firearms that have belonged to relatives and they all work. Uh, but if I was to have one, that, let's say broke beyond repair, or I couldn't ever find the part or something like that, uh, you know, it was a keepsake. It was an heirloom, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with that going in a shadow box or getting hung on the wall or something like that. Uh, but anything mm-hmm. else, <laughs> I it's got to be right. able to be fired.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why I shoot those very minimally, because uh, I hate to see them go down and, and not yep. be able to use them.
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. I've got a
1: 1907 Drice that Grandpa brought back home from World War II that take it about out about once a year, 32 ACP. Um, always reminds me of my grandfather when I shoot it, and I would hate to see that one go down. And it did break on me once, but I was able to find a part to, to fix it.
0: Get it fixed? Yeah. Yeah. Now Aztec says, "I hope we get to all guns being readily available, uh, and it'll get back that way." Uh, he says, "So I can get him, a, get me a forty-five seventy lever. Uh, don't own a lever rifle. Forty-five seventy is a great start, in my opinion, uh, for a lever action rifle. Uh, oh yeah. Most people honestly start with a thirty thirty on a lever action rifle." Uh, but I would think that's probably. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's probably people that are using it for hunting slash on the ranch type purposes.
1: Yeah, especially those people out on the East Coast that you know they can shoot that center fire thirty thirty for hunting. And a lot of guys pick those up. I mean, my first one was a uh, Rossi ninety two three fifty seven thirty eight special.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. But I see a lot of the folks that especially that don't hunt um, their first lever rifles usually are are something other than a thirty thirty which is interesting mm-hmm. uh, it's usually a forty five seventy or it's a three fifty seven right or forty four or
1: well, a lot of those straight wall cartridges became popular up here because they allowed us to start shooting deer with them right and that was within the last five years that you could use straight
0: wall cartridges All right, I'm gonna tell you forty five seventy. That's a big chunk of lead, and if you've never shot long range steel with the forty five seventy before, that's fun, hmm. um, because you can hear um, a four hundred and five grain slug out of a forty five seventy. You can hear at a thousand yards on steel.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Now mm-hmm. you're raining, you're raining that thing in like a freaking rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it hits, it uh, yeah, that's a big enough piece of lead, it, it makes a noise for sure. It's
1: my Martini Henry, it rainbows them in yeah. 450 grains, 80 mm-hmm. grains of black powder behind it.
0: I see uh, Smeggy jumped in tools and targets also jumping in out there. What is up, gentlemen? Uh, G Web says, uh, once we get more accustomed to uh to crew to a community the Canadians will certainly have a few seats at the table. Yeah, that's an interesting um that's an interesting um thought about you know having some conversations with the Canadians. I mean with really with any country that doesn't have you know the guarantee that we have. And make no mistake, the Constitution is a guarantee. It's not where our rights come from. Um, But yeah, when you talk to other countries that don't have that, um, you know, it would be an interesting conversation. I don't know what, if anything, we could learn from them. I don't know what would apply. But I'm not naive enough to think that nothing would apply. So, uh, I'm sure we could learn something. Smeggy says, uh, Clover broke my headset, so I had to shut down the Smeggy Cave, and everyone, so everyone could watch this show. You're welcome, Smeggy. Uh, <laughs> glad I could, uh, glad I could help. Uh, Smeggy says I'm thinking about a 357 lever rifle. Then you can get a handgun uh, as well. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great, great point. combo. And, and I think that's the reason. Um, I think that's a reason, especially a lot of the non, you know, hunting. Type folks, um, they go to those calibers, they go to the 44s and especially the 44s and the 357s or even the 22s,
1: 45 colts, um, and the stuff like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, with the lever action is so that they can get their single action revolvers or whatever. Um, I've since getting my 4440, I want a 4440 in a lever <laughs> <laughs> really badly. Um, And they're few and far between,
2: (laughs) unfortunately.
0: Uh, You don't see a lot of stuff in 4440 anymore. You almost have to go uh, uh, antique for that. So, uh, G-Web says, do you know why they never made a lever action in 9mm? He says, because a cowboy ain't stupid. (laughs) Oh, I like it.
1: Most of those lever actions run all off of rim runs.
0: Right. You could do... Well, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying you could do a 9 millimeter lever action. Mm-hmm. Because of the four fifty-eight SOCOM and some of the other large bore cartridges they're doing now. You know, in lever action. The problem is those are like patented designs to be able to reliably feed those cartridges. And so even if you was somehow able to reverse engineer that, you would still be looking at a patent infringement issue to be able to do it. Now, if you did that, if you had, if you had a machine shop set up uh, and you were really, really good at all of that type of stuff and you just made a one-off, Right? Converted something. But I'm trying to think. What could you...
1: It's all that money you'd have to put into R&D to
0: to make it work with that rimmed, rimless cartridge. So, I mean, you could could almost take a 357, right? And then, man, it would take modification on the bolt and, like I said, the feeding system and all.
1: I think you'd have to go to a uh, magazine fed. And I think uh, Henry makes like two two three levers. That are magazine fed and 308s that are magazine fed.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: So you'd have to go to uh, some more of a magazine because, especially commercial, uh, nine millimeters all mostly round point, and you don't want to put that through a tube. So there may be a liability on there too because you always want to have that flat head so you're not uh, hitting that primer. Just That's true. Case.
0: That's true. Now, if you loaded with like a if you had a hollow point, it wouldn't be so bad.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. Or if you had some flat points, but so much of the nine uh, millimeter out there is round points. So yeah, it, it the may be a liability.
0: Is. Yeah, the vast majority of the is, you're right. So, I mean, if you had a uh, um, Hornady at one time, I don't I don't know if they still do. Hornady made projectiles that were a, a hollow point, but they weren't really a hollow point. And they were called Hornady action pistol, HAPs. They were called HAP bullets. I, I'm looking at a box of them right now. As a matter of fact, I've got a bunch of them in uh, in 40 caliber for 10 millimeter loading purposes. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they're 200 grains. So for 10 millimeter purposes, I don't want uh, people to misunderstand think I got I've got 40s here. But anyway, um, but yeah, Hornady Action Pistol HAP, um, and I mean those in in a nine. But like I said, you would ah man, you'd be dealing with so much. So much R and D. Yeah, so much engineering and stuff. It'd mm-hmm. be it'd be crazy. And how um, much are you
1: going to sell? I mean, that's
0: right. Right, uh, none if you're one off because you got to worry about patent infringement. Mm-hmm.
1: And how many do you need to make to, to make your money back? Yes. Exactly.
0: But if you got machining and tools and you got the money to buy some, uh, you know, uh, a three fifty seven and some raw materials and uh, yeah, go for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, South Paul looks like jumping out there, uh, or maybe he's been out there. I don't know. <laughs> I lost track, but that's okay. Uh, G webs talking about the Canadians. He said, Oh my God, Clover, they would learn freedom from us. Yes, I think there is potentially some stuff that uh, Canada could learn from us mm-hmm. because while they do not have that guarantee. Uh, I'm sure they face the same type of arguments and stuff with oppositions that uh, that we face. So. Mm-hmm.
1: They also get some firearms that we don't. So.
0: Well, I don't know that they do anymore, do they?
1: Uh, I know they're still getting the Rankos, and are they? Yeah, you know, uh, they they can import the um, the Russian uh, Tokarevs without the safeties. Yeah. There's a few little desirables, but not not enough to make it worth worth the while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, not for all the infringement that they have to mm-hmm. deal with. Is what you're saying, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, tools and targets. He says been looking hard at the Henry Big Boy 44. Um, excellent rifles, wow. without a doubt. Yeah, 44 is on my list. Uh, G. Webb says for nine millimeter, all you need is paper clips and masking and tape. That'll make it work. Yeah, I figured duct tape and some baling wire uh, you wouldn't even need paper clip I mean essentially bailing wire is paper clip it's just on a roll uh, and uh, we all know that duct tape is, is way better uh, than masking tape as far as uh, strength and tensile strength and, and all of that uh, so uh, what you gotta and the only reason I mention that G is because some people might shoot 9 millimeter plus P. And so if they're shooting nine millimeter plus P, then the uh, that masking tape might provide just just enough more tensile strength that it would be it would be safe.
1: It would be safe. Use a little electrical tape.
0: That's true too. Well, I mean that's if you would want it tactical because electrical tape for the most is part is black, black yeah. right? So mm-hmm. if you want to if you want a tactical lever action nine millimeter, then you would definitely use uh, electrical tape. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. Tyler out there, he knows what I'm talking about with the HAPs. So I bought uh, uh, 5,000 HAPs. That's probably the box that I bought. Uh, The load for his 10 millimeter when PSA had them on sale. Uh, Cheaper than cast bullets. Yeah, these were too. But I bought mine a long time ago. Mine come from Midway. Mine definitely didn't come from PSA. So that was a heavy box. Yeah, no kidding. 200 grain times 5,000. I don't know what that is, but. Let's do the math on it. I'm just curious. You know, up the top of your head, can you do that kind of math real quick? I can't, no. So he says 5,000 or 200 grains, and then divide that by... That can't be right. This is saying it's 142 pounds. 142 pounds. Yeah, there's no way it's that heavy. Millions of grains. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. 200 grains times what do you say? 5,000. So 200 grains, you multiply that times 5,000 is a million. That's a million grains. Yeah, and then
1: divided by whatever a grain is per. per well, 7,000
0: 7, grains is a pound. Okay. So a million divided by 7,000. Is it 140 pounds? No. Maybe
1: it is. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's just the bullets.
0: I know a hundred pound <laughs> box. Hang on, I got a hundred in this box right here. I'm reach over here and just grab it real quick. I don't know where my scale's at. Yeah, that hundred pound, that's a hundred round box. So that would be five. That would be five hundred, right? Hundred. Yeah, I guess I guess that's right. 500, five hundred hundred round boxes, so yeah, I guess so. Wow, you don't you don't think about it, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: no. Your your post office, Mike. I'm
0: sitting here <laughs> looking at boxes on a shelf. I'm looking at tw- easy twenty boxes of them easily. Mm-hmm. And sure uh, when
1: UPS delivered them. They thought about them quite it, a bit.
0: It just doesn't sound like it's that kind of weight, you know. And you don't think about it when you're moving one little box at a time. But I guess if you have five thousand in one chunk i guess so wow g web says if you need a million grains to kill a deer you shouldn't be hunting i totally totally agree tools and sarget says ups man was cussing you big time um it depends on the ups man um most of the time when i get deliveries they're so interested in talking about what it is um Cause they're kind of all gun guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, they can usually tell from the label, you know, uh, being a gun guy, you know, when they scan it, obviously they kind of glance at it and they notice it because they're a gun guy. If they're not a gun guy, they probably don't know what midway USA is or PSA or, you know, something like that. Um, then, um, yeah, what you got, you know, what you got here or, or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Tyler says the lady at the post office called because she wasn't going to pick it up off the floor uh, after they had loaded it from the truck. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. I
1: bought lead online once, and you know the first box came half empty, and I emailed them say, "Hey, you know they, you didn't pack it very oh. well." The second box came empty. Right. And the third box came empty.
0: So. <laughs> So I cut a deal years ago, um, there was a place in California. Now, it's weird. Correct me if I'm wrong if you're from California out there, but this is the way I understood the way it was told to me years ago. Um, Is that they, it was a shotgun club. And they had to, by law or whatever, they had to reclaim their shot. They had to literally, like, suck it up off the ground, right? They couldn't leave it. They had to go through like at least once a year or something, right? They had to go through and clean all that mess up. And anyway, they sold they sold the reclaimed shot. So I got in touch with them, and because you know we had the shooting sports club here and all that, and I can reload for any any gauge. I've got presses for any gauge out there. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, heck, we've got all these holes and we got all this other stuff and. You know, I've secured some donation on some powder and I've secured, and I'm like, well, crap. Now we just need some shot, right? Um, And I think they sent, I don't even remember, 10 bags. I think 10 bags of shot. Now, I don't know how heavy a bag is. What, 25 pounds? I want to say, right? Probably. Uh, I think 25 pounds is what a bag weighs. So they sent five boxes of those. UPS flat rate by I the mean, uh, USPS flat rate boxes. There was five boxes of, with two bags of piece in them. <laughs> uh, and the boxes, we talked about duct tape earlier, right? The boxes were literally duct taped and they didn't look like boxes by the time they got here. Um, yeah. And oh my God, you talk about, now I live way out in the, in the country, right? Like the post office from whom, delivers my mail is literally 15 18 miles away i don't know something like that um and so they did bring them out they did put them on the in the back of the jeep now i had to get them out of the back of the jeep um <laughs> but they did put them in the back of the jeep uh and yeah the the lady told me the mail lady that they weren't too terribly happy with all of that <laughs> but um but had they not duct taped those i feel you papa because there wouldn't have been any bags in those boxes. It would have ripped clean through those boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, those yeah, and he just way... kept blowing
1: out the corner and he couldn't figure out how to, to tape the boxes so it wouldn't happen
0: right. or secure the
1: product better.
0: g says for what it's worth, that is every range. Um, yeah,
1: we had one up here close a couple years ago for lead mitigation where they well, went through and, and scraped I've, the ground. And...
0: I've shot on bunches of ranges in my lifetime that I would think would be in dire need of cleanup and they never were.
1: Now this one happened Um, to be a DNR range. So that might've been why.
0: So, um, but maybe it's, maybe I've, what I've shot on were not technically public ranges or something that could make a difference too, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, Stephen Elder out there, howdy y'all.
1: Dad used to go out to the, they had a private range and they'd go out to the berm and dig the berms up and, uh, you know, with a two by fours and some mesh and get the lead out of the, out of the dirt there and then bring it home. So you didn't have to take too many shovelfuls before it got so heavy that you didn't want to carry it the hundred yards back to. All
0: right. got uh tools and targets he said uh his wife got a package the other day trolled him bad she'd ordered some hairspray and it had the black tip diamond on it <laughs> that's funny thought it was ammo it wasn't it wasn't he Web's out there says they know they have value in the dirt um yeah what's cool is most of i've got what three working on the third 55 gallon drum full of lead. And most of that has come from collecting off of ranges because there would be literally four inches of lead on the berm. Um, if not more. And, you know, we would go shoot these things, these tournaments or these different things. And I'd always take buckets and I would ask them, you know, Hey, can I get some lead some of that lead? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, like what do y'all do with it? And they're like nothing. <laughs> I'm like, can I get some? And I would always get four, five, six buckets. Now they're two gallon or three gallon or something buckets because full of lead. That's about all you can tote. Uh, Tell me you're
1: helping the Boy Scouts in the Pinewood Derby.
0: But uh, like, yeah, wait I've those been car-
1: weight those cars down a little bit.
0: I've got I've got lead off. Of, I don't know how many different ranges stored up. Uh, it's nice when you cast, and uh, one of these days. Especially, I figure if they outlaw lot, they're still going to need lead for certain things. And so, you never know. Lead might go up in value pretty good. So, just one of them things. Um, what else do we got out here before we get out of here? Because we're up against the clock, it looks like. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're all caught up. Tyler is saying uh, we were shooting into a deep snowbank last winter this spring after the snow melt we found a bunch of bullets laying on top of the ground yeah i do i do recovery i've got a um you know depending on what i'm shooting i've got a bullet trap finally got it set back up on my on my range and i'll shoot into that bullet trap um but yeah i'll do uh, whenever i rebuild my target backs um i will typically you know i don't dig in real deep but i'll typically take the first few inches of dirt kind of shuffle that around and sift through it uh, and get get what i can it always uh, helps tim miller out there in the house not sure what uh, he's talking about i'm doing a giveaway spread the word well there you go not real sure <laughs> what that is but there you go i guess i spread the word i spreaded the word uh papa gonna give you a minute final thoughts give some plugs and stuff like that and we'll get the heck out of here
1: well yeah uh, great time thanks for having me on uh, i really enjoyed this it's a little different than the other show that i i get on with you so yeah, nice to be in the lounge for a change um this week uh i'm not sure if it's gonna drop wednesday or saturday but i'm doing my first knife review or video anyway so that's kind of exciting i'm stepping out of a, out of the box a little bit but uh, you know, 45 Alpha Charlie Papa Channel, uh, welcome over there. Carry on the conversation. Uh, just enjoy doing this and enjoy getting on these shows.
0: Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in, Papa. Mm-hmm. Appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, for everybody else out there, um, yeah, look for the uh, Thursday Night Nerd chat. Look for uh, live stream <laughs> Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday with uh, Rachel Malone from uh, GOA, Texas. Uh, video drops currently on uh, on Friday and Sunday for those working on uh, a lot of different content. And as that content uh, gets done, like I was telling Papa pre-chat, I've got like 20, literally at least 20 things here that need, uh, need content done on them. Uh, Talking about gear, right? Guns, gear, that type of stuff. 20. So, uh, as I get to going through the content on that, may increase the uh, schedule. And then, as I talked about at the start of the show, for those that come in late, um, got back on today working on getting Season 3 of the Next Generation podcast with uh, some youth shooting sports kiddos uh, working on getting that uh, lined out. Hopefully... Uh, so we can uh, get season three on air and working, uh, going rather, uh, hopefully for National Shooting Sports Month, which is August. Not that far away. Um, as far as this one, though, we are officially done. It's in the books. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Thanks for joining. Uh, again, special thanks to Patreon patrons, YouTube channel members, and those that drop super chat because... That helps us do what we do, keep the lights on and keep things rolling. Uh, Till next week, uh, be safe. We are gone. Peace. See you later.